This is a Squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. This week's podcast is brought to you by BHP. Copper is a big deal in the energy transition because it's used to make electric vehicles, wind turbines and solar panels. When it comes to producing copper responsibly, it's happening now at BHP. Good morning, I'm Alex Tai. And I'm Claire Kimball. It's Monday the 31st of July. In your Squiz today, the search continues after a chopper crash. Niger faces a military coup. The era of global boiling has arrived, and the Logies crowns a winner. This is your Squiz Today. The search is still underway for four Aussie soldiers who were on a helicopter that went down off the Queensland coast during training exercises at around 11pm on Friday night. While the operation is still a search and rescue, the four men are feared to be dead. It's one of the worst peacetime military tragedies in 20 years. And Mm. Prime Minister Anthony Albanese was out yesterday. He said that it's a stark reminder that there's no safe or easy days for those who serve in our country's name. There are lots of questions at the moment about the helicopter involved, which was a Taipan MRH-90. Those choppers have a pretty spotty history. Uh, One went into the sea in March this year, although the crew survived that. There's an investigation underway at the moment into the cause of the crash, but reports say that the focus is on a mechanical fault because the crew didn't have time to radio for help and the chopper also broke up on impact. And if that's the case, the future of the grounded fleet is in doubt. Our Minister for Defence, Richard Miles, was in Queensland, where he was joined by the US Secretary of Defence, Lloyd Austin, and both men expressed their concern for the families of the missing men. Now, Lloyd Austin is actually in Australia for the annual meeting with his counterpart, and they went to visit the Australian and American troops taking part in the Talisman Sabre military exercises. Yeah, that exercise is massive. There are more than 30,000 troops from 13 countries taking part in that at the moment. Those exercises wrap up at the end of the week. US soldiers were on hand, though, to help with the search operation Mm. in Queensland. Uh, As for those talks that you mentioned, Alex, that's Osmin. Uh, Austin announced that the US will help Australia to build our own advanced missile systems, and there's also going to be funding for the upgrading of our northern military bases. Uh, We know that we're going to play host to a lot more American troops in our north ongoing. So they're gearing up for that. Also in town for those Osmin talks is the US Secretary of State Antony Blinken, who said that his heart is full of concern for the four missing Australian servicemen. The African nation of Niger has been undergoing a military coup, with the leader of the military, General Abdulrahmane Chiani, declaring that the constitution has been suspended and that he is the new head of state. Yeah, so this was after he detained the democratically elected president of Niger, that's Mohamed Bazoum. That happened in the middle of last week. Tachani has led uh, a group that's called the National Council for the Safeguarding of the Country, uh, and also says that the government's failure to tackle Islamist insurgents, economic woes, those sorts of things have led to the coup. Uh, Analysts suggest that the army has acted because Bazoum uh, wanted to replace that general from the presidential guard. 
Bazoum was the first democratically elected president of Niger since 1960 when French colonization ended. Niger has since been an important French and American ally in the region, although following the coup, both countries have now cut off aid, which will be quite a sharp blow to one of the poorest countries in the world. According to Antonio Guterres, the United Nations Secretary General, the era of global warming has ended and, quote, the era of global boiling has arrived. Yeah, the last couple of weeks we've mentioned a couple of times how hot it has been Mm. in the Northern Hemisphere across July. The European Commission's Climate Change Service said uh, at the end of this week that July has been rather remarkable and unprecedented, and that goes to the fact that it's been the hottest three-week period ever recorded there, also the hottest three days on record. And even though we've still got a day to go in July and the official figures will be rounded up, um, July 2023 will be the hottest month on record, according to that well-regarded European Climate Service. Global ocean temperatures have also been peaking, with the North Atlantic Ocean warmer than even the most extreme predictions on climate models. Experts say that the hotter temperatures will disrupt marine life, destroy coral reefs and make fires, floods and hurricanes more intense. A message now from our podcast partner, BHP. The steel made from iron ore plays an important role in providing the production of our energy infrastructure, from wind turbines to power poles. So cutting carbon emissions in iron ore production is key. It's why BHP has committed to a solar and battery agreement to help power its port facilities at Port Headland. It's happening now at BHP. The Matildas, Claire, tonight tonight is the night. It is game time. And realistically, the Matildas need a win tonight if we want to progress out of the group stages of the tournament. But they are up against a very tough Canadian side. Yeah, the Matildas either need to win uh, or then we start getting into crossing fingers and toes for outside factors to happen. <laughs> um, we would need Ireland to really wallop Nigeria by at least two goals. And Ireland hasn't won a game at this World Cup, so we don't want to have to rely Mm. on that. Um, Great news for the Aussie side, though, is that Sam Kerr is coming off the bench. Uh, They say that she's going to be available for that match, but there's lots of questions about whether she will play or if she does, how much she will be able to take to the field. Kerr says that she feels good about it and that she's ready for the match. Um, The Matildas are playing in Melbourne. We've only lost there once That was in 1997 against America. Mm. So, look, fingers crossed. Reckon we've got this. Yeah, and if it were yesterday, we would have said that the host nation always progresses out of the group stages of a FIFA tournament. But last night, our co-host New Zealand didn't manage it with a draw against Switzerland, meaning that they are now out of the tournament. Nevertheless, Claire, the Matildas are going to have a thrilling game. The kickoff is at 8pm tonight. Speaking of Aussie stars, look, none of these people are quite as good as Sam Kerr, but, (laughs) you know, TV stars had their night of nights yesterday with the Logies. How did the Squiz favourite Lee Sales go? Well, look, Lee didn't win the gold Logie, but Australian Story did win 
the most popular current affairs program and she hosts that. So that's not a bad night for her. Uh, Sonia Kruger was the one who took out the gold Logie. She had plenty of opportunities to get in front of the audience. She hosts The Voice. Uh, she hosts Dancing with the Stars and also Big Brother. That's for Channel 7. And in her acceptance speech, she said that she feels pretty good about that and good luck to her. Um, also, Tony Armstrong did very well. He won the Burt Newton Award for Most Popular Presenter. The TV show that did the best was Colin from Accounts. It did very well with a couple of acting awards and also the best comedy. Another Squiz favourite, Bluey, is probably now going to make an episode about you know dealing with losing awards <laughs> after they lost out to another ABC show, Crazy Fun Park, for the most outstanding children's program. Yeah, Bluey can't win everything. <laughs> Claire, I, I love this story. The Taylor Swift concert in Seattle was jumping so hard that it measured on the Richter scale. A local seismologist has noted that for the two nights in a row that the Eras tour came to Seattle, it produced a equivalent of a magnitude 2.3 earthquake. So that's some pretty serious dancing and also a standard that other cities are going to have to try and beat. Come on, Sydney and Melbourne. Let's let's get it up to three on the Richter scale. <laughs> Squiz the day, Claire. Today, Parliament returns for a whole two weeks of sitting. Yep, it's just had their winter break, so back to Canberra for that. Uh, also, in probably a more exciting Canberra event, our Squiz Kids podcast is doing a live show in Canberra. That happens on the 14th of October. The thing to note is that tickets are going on sale today. We will put a link to tickets in the show notes. Thank you all for listening, and we'll be back again tomorrow. G'day, I'm Kate Watson, co-host of News Club. News Club this week was an interview with Lauren Sams. She's the fashion editor at the Australian Financial Review. She's all over the business of fashion and retail, so I pulled her in to talk to us about fast fashion and ultra-fast fashion. In particular, businesses like Timu and Shein, who in Australia alone are on track to record more than $2 billion in sales. Here's a clip from that conversation. What is happening is that it's recalibrating fashion as a single-use item. Mm. So when you think about something that's 6 or $7, you know, my, I bought coffee this morning and that was $5.50 and that that's a single-use item to me. You know, I, I have my coffee. Like actually is, like you cannot use that twice. No. <laughs> and so when you're talking about a dress yeah. that's sort of an equivalent price – People equate it with something that doesn't need to be valued. Um, you don't need to wear it again. To listen to the full interview, just search for News Club in your podcast app and hit follow.